And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against networkers who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's up everyone? Zach here. Hope you're having a great day. Hey, today I'm coming to you, coming to you from Temecula, California. And uh, so we've officially left the office and our last place in Carlsbad. And uh, we're up in Temecula now. So we are in, we're basically up in the hills, um, up in the mountains. So we are, just making sure this is recording. So we are about... 15 minutes from like the main town and so and then it's like 15 minutes like up a mountain so it is definitely considered like country living for this part of the uh of this well this part of the area i guess so you know if you go to most of california i mean as you probably know most of california is like farmland and, and actually pretty desolate but uh you know southern california of course near the coast is extremely dense um, so we are about 45 minutes with no traffic from Carlsbad, where we were. So we're about 45 minutes from the beach. Um, so we used to be like two miles from the beach, um, or the office was two miles from the beach, and the house was like four miles from the beach. We're like, so we're like 45 minutes from that right now. So we're still in, like, all things considered, we're still very close to the coast, but um, we're we're like kind of getting out towards the the, the country-ish, if you will. So Temecula is a pretty large city. Um, a lot of people come out here when they want a bigger house. They don't want to pay the astronomical prices near the beach. Um, but so there's like a, like a pretty big, like city, right. Or the town, um, very dense. And then if you come up into the mountains, which is where we are, it gets a lot more spacious. So like right now I can see, I can see 20 houses, right. I can see them, but none of them are probably less than a 10, to 15 minute walk. I mean, the closest one, like the closest neighbor, you probably get there in 10 minutes walking. Um, but it's like down a hill, up another hill on the same mountain. But on this mountain that we're on right now, I mean, yeah, everything's like all these different houses are separated by hills. Like, so we're on one mountain with these other houses, but like there's these huge gaping valleys that are separating us. Um, so it's really cool. So the landscape, you should go on, I think in my Instagram, uh, also on Facebook, we have like pictures of this place. It's really cool of the view. Um, it's just, it's just epic right now as I'm 
as I'm recording this, it's literally this mountainous landscape and it's very sparse. I mean, if, as I'm looking out at the mountains, I can probably, I could probably count, you know, 10 houses at, within my sight. Um, like looking out at the mountainous landscape and then looking behind me, I probably count like, I don't know, another five or six or something like that. So really, really cool. So that's where I'm coming from you uh, at now. We are working from the house for the next month, so this is going to be interesting. As I was mentioning in the last podcast, um, you know, we haven't done that uh, forever. So since me and Ashley have been in full-time together in the same business, we've never worked at a house big enough where we could live and work separately completely. So basically, we each have our own separate offices in this house, um, and then those two offices are completely separate from like the living areas, right? So like the living room and kitchen and dining rooms and all those things. Um, so this is the first time we've ever done this. So we're kind of testing it out. It just, it's only, so it's only been one day since we've actually been like working today. Um, the only other two days we've been here, we've been like getting settled and took a day off and that kind of thing. So initial thoughts, I've only been working for about an hour and a half, <laughs> not even, I don't think, uh, initial thoughts. I don't, I don't know if I like it. Um, it's gonna. It's way too soon to tell, so I'll have to give an update in like a few weeks and just let you know. Um, I really do miss having a separate place to go office-wise, but this place is very serene, really, really cool, really epic. I love that. You know, the main noises that are here are like birds and animals and stuff, um, rather than you know, like the neighbor's dog. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Anyway, well, that was a little update. Um, and today I wanted to share with you uh, about something that we have been uh, working on ourselves and um, uh, just just something that we're working through, getting better at, um, and hopefully having victory over so that you can you know, do the same thing when the time comes. So you've heard me maybe say before that you know, your problems are going to change as you, as you start progressing. So in the beginning, you're just trying to make enough money to survive, right? And you know, I was talking to a guy on our team the other day. And I was like, I, you know, I know you don't believe me, dude, but like there will come a time when you're past the point of just needing to make money to survive from your business and different things will come up. Like you'll start thinking like, yeah, we all want to serve people, but like that will truly be your biggest, your biggest, um, motivator. Right. Uh, you know, to be honest, like I have a huge, huge passion for serving, but like, you know. I'm excited to get to that point where the only thing I think about is serving people, not like also, you know, getting what we need to get, right? Because we still have to obviously survive, but we all get, we, we can all get to a point, right? At some point in the future, where we literally have such abundance that all we focus on is serving. But I was also talking to this guy, like you get to a point where you, like you are past the point where you're trying to survive. So we, so we are past that point where we're trying to survive or, you know, our, our, our bills, you know, thank God you know, are taken care of and, you know, God willing, they'll be continued to be taken care of forever. You know, we live, um, not lavishly, but we live comfortably and that's really nice. Right. And so our focus has changed to how do we impact more people? Right. Um, so that's our focus. And, but in order to do that, that means we have to take on different things like scaling and scaling can require a whole different mindset. It can also require a big, big, um, just stretch like in comfort and trusting other people. So this is a big thing. And, and this is actually tough for me. Um, so this has been, been, th- been something that I've been going through, we've been going through and that we're, you know, really making concerted effort to make progress in this area. And, um, it's stretching me for sure. 
So, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, probably like most of you in a lot of ways, you know, middle class, totally cool with that. Like, you know, I'm very happy with my upbringing. Um, but the, the business owners that I was surrounded by, if, if any, so most people I was surrounded by worked a job, but I did was fortunate enough to work for a, a dealership where I had a close relationship with the owner. He was a at the time, I thought he was old, but he was a young guy. He was probably, you know, 27, 28, something like that when I started working for him. And, you know, it was him and, you know, I had like a, a, other relationships with like business owners and things. And I knew one big business owner, but I didn't really know. I didn't really get to know him ever. Um, so he doesn't really count. So most of the business owners that I was in relationship with, you know, were more of the John Wayne type. Basically, if you know, if it's going to get done right, it's going to get done by me type of thing. Right. And, you know, uh, basically when they would try to scale, they would get burned, their trust would get broken and they would be like, see that basically in their own head, like, see, I knew I should have done it myself. I've wanted to get it done. Right. And that's kind of like, you've probably heard the adage before. Like if you want something done, right, do it yourself. That's the adage of most blue collar workers. And don't take any offense to that. I used to be one. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, I think there's a lot of pride to be had in doing manual labor. Um, but in that, so like in mechanic world, which is where I came from, the, like, that's basically the mantra, right? If you want something done, right, do it yourself. And so that's kind of the mindset that I grew up with. And also that's the mindset that most business owners have. And I remember seeing this specifically in that, that dealership owner guy, um, really, really, really good, like single business owner. I mean, he had some employees, but overall it was, it was a small business, right? Really, really good at, at, at that. And, you know, he had, you know, worked on scaling and stuff. Yeah. You know, of course, you know, people break your trust and people broke his trust. And, you know, I don't know where he's at today. I'm just thinking, thinking back to then. Um, and so I remember him kind of like operating under that, that similar mindset of, you know, if it's going to be done right, it's going to be done by me. And so he was really, really good at being like the John Wayne of business owners or the, the cowboy of business owners. He's amazing getting results for himself and for maybe like one or two other people in his, in his company, in his dealership. But that was kind of where it kind of where it would end because, you know, wasn't really able to scale past that. So where we're at in our business, I'm not necessarily talking about RX, although, uh, excuse me, I just dropped the company name that we're part of. Oh my gosh. I try to always keep that on the DL. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out though, because I, I try not to ever edit this stuff so that you can like really feel it from my heart. But anyway, the company that we're a part of is what I usually say so that you don't ever feel like you're getting pitched by us. <laughs> but, um, I'm not necessarily talking about the company that we're a part of, our MLM company, although this is a huge factor in it. I'm talking more about like the MLM Rebel side. <clears throat> so right now we have a uh, series of products that sell really, really well and they serve people really, really well. And they help tons of people and it's awesome. But in order to go to the next level... <clears throat> We have to have other people that are part of the sales process outside of what's currently had. And we have to have more people supporting the product because the way that we support our products is way beyond what most information producers um, or trainers do. So we have a very, very like robust support structure. And so that means if we want to scale, it's not as simple as just like push the button and, and just blow it up. Because if we do that, like 
we have to support those new clients that come in and we, we want to support them well. So we got to make sure that the right people are in place on the back end. So basically where we're at is I'm bringing, we're, we're working on bringing on more support people. And these aren't like random people from like other places. These are like really talented marketers. So that means they have to be good. They have to be compensated well, that kind of a thing. We have to come up with a pay structure that works for us and for them. Um, and also incentivizes them to support our people, our clients quickly. And then we are bringing on a whole new sales team. So right now we're, you know, uh, bringing on a sales team. They've got 41 representatives in there. Um, they're all really, really, really good. Um, and, uh, that's awesome. And, and the reason that we are choosing them is because, they care about people, right? They, of course, they're good at what they do, but like as far as uh, as far as closing deals, but they don't close people that shouldn't be closed because that's not right. And they're good at strategizing with people. You know, we call them strategists for a reason. I'm using the word sales just to help you understand what I'm thinking about. But we call them strategists because their goal is not to close people. Their goal is to strategize with people. So it's hard to find people that will do that. And look at people from a perspective of how do I help them, not just how do I close them. And so. We chose them for these reasons, but that being the case, this, this is my background. I got burned by a previous uh, sales team or strategic team or whatever you want to say. Um, it was a very painful, painful process. I'll save you the story for now. Um, I think I've told it at one point in the podcast, but we basically got burned by a sales team. I lost, we lost, it was, it was in the, probably one of the hardest seasons of our business financially, um, and during that time, we were kind of leaning on them to perform, and we were sending them lots and lots of leads and stuff, and they were completely underperforming. In fact, zero performance at all. And it cost us a lot of money to send people or to like, you know, do that kind of thing. And so my, my like natural reaction is like, oh my gosh, I never want to do that again, right? But I know that in order to serve more people, we have to do that. I could sit here... I could sit here forever and just be comfortable with where we're at or I could try to do that. But, you know, the nature of the beast is you're either growing or you're dying. Like, even if I wanted to just say, you know what, I'm comfortable with where we're at in our business right now. And I'll just kind of keep it here. It probably can't stay here. Like, maybe it could for a few more months. Maybe it could for a year. But eventually, competition could come in and take over. The offer will stop working. I have to revamp something. Technology changes and we have to change everything anyway. Like something will adjust. So you're, you, either, you either just let yourself die or you force yourself to grow. And so we, have, we feel like we have no option. We must grow. So that's what we're going through right now. It's been, a, it's been an interesting learning curve for me um, because I'm, 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 needing to, I'm needing to trust. Again, I have to keep on trusting until we find the right partners. And if you read really any business book on, on scaling, it always talks about having the right people in your business because that's the key. So it's really just like finding the right people. And the interesting part about finding the right people is it costs money. Like to go find them, number one, you have to, and then of course pay for your life as you find them. And then two, to see if they even work. You know, if you hire someone, it costs a lot of money to hire them. Like the sales team that we're, that we're testing out. Um, it costs a lot of money to, to, uh, to send them enough um, stuff, you know, like leads, I lost my train of thought, send them enough leads and applicants to um, see if they're good, right? It, t- it takes, like, we're, that, we're fronting that bill, like, they're not. So, going through that, and then even if they don't work out, like, that doesn't mean that we stop. It means that, okay, they didn't work out. Well, now what? Do we try another team of people? 
Do we try to strategize with our clients a different way? Do we sell in a more automated fashion, right? How do we, how do we like this particular product in an automated fashion? What do we do? So anyway, just what we're going through right now, it's been, it's been uh, really interesting, a lot of fun. It's been stretching for me. Um, you know, uh, we've got some friends of course that do quite well for themselves and, um, you know, as we've been as we've been uh, generating some pretty solid revenue for you know uh, for a little bit here, um, it's been funny because like we don't really spend our money, um, like on personal stuff. Like again, we we live comfortably, but we don't live lavishly. I mean, for for the amount that we've been gr- blessed enough to generate recently, like our our, our lifestyle is not even close to that. Because we're, we basically saved it for this, for scaling, so that we could sustain the testing, so that we could sustain people screwing stuff up, so we could sustain people breaking our trust. And is it fun? No, not at all. Would I rather take the money and go buy a race bike and all this other stuff? And a, Yeah, for sure, I'd rather do that. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I want to impact more. I want to impact more people rather than I, more so than I want to, you know, do like personal things. Um, and so that's what we're, that's what we're choosing to do with that. As far as this, how this can relate to you, you know, realize that as you build your team, your MLM team, realize that you have to trust people. You know, one of the things that we've been doing with our MLM team is, is raising up, raising up people as they're showing signs of leadership. So we have, there's like this bee following me and it's like buzzing right near my ear. Um, really annoying. So we've been creating, you know, communication threads, obviously, with, you know, obviously people in downline, but we've been adding in people to those communication threads that are up and coming leaders. Now, the team is so deep that you can't possibly add them all. Um, But anyone who has, you know, solid signs of leadership, we're adding them to the communication, we're asking them to basically lead that person. Then we come in, of course, and fix stuff if needed. But we want them to be the ones leading so that, number one, they can raise themselves up as leaders. And two, we can work ourselves away from that team. Because the ultimate goal of the leader is to develop other leaders that can surpass them. That's ultimately our goal. So I want to, as new leaders start showing themselves, I want to make sure they have an opportunity to actually lead someone. So there's a really good book out there. It's by a guy named Keith Callahan. We have no affiliation to him in any way. I've never even met him. It's called Built to Last. It's a good book. I would go get it. It's a network marketing specific book about this exact topic, raising up leaders. Um, not, 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 not like scaling what I was talking about earlier, but raising up leaders within your MLM team. It's extremely good. I de- definitely recommend getting it. And the bottom line is <clears throat> leaders of followers are the people, the guys and the gals that love to be in the spotlight. They always like their name called. And at the end of the day, you're going to build a temporary income in a weak team. If you are a leader of leaders, you're going to develop people that can operate without you and no longer need you. If you can do that, number one, well, it's going to be a test to your ego because you won't be needed. So, that's why a lot of people don't ever become a leader of leaders. But number two, if you do do it, they, those are the people that create massive, massive businesses that you can walk away from, right? So the biggest thing that I learned in my first 
three to four years in network marketing was this was this exact topic. I was a leader of followers for for sure. I was always really good at sponsoring, really good at bringing people into the business, but I was really, really bad at creating any sort of um, leadership downline because I had an ego problem. So typically the number one enemy that you have at leader of leadership is ego. The second biggest problem you have is your communication. So the first one, again, is your ego. If you aren't good at leading people, potentially is most likely your ego out of whack. And if your ego is not out of whack, then your communication is out of whack. If you put those two things in place, uh, most likely you can be able to lead pretty well. Uh, of course, that takes into assumption that you... Uh, actually know how to lead. So anyway, hopefully that makes sense. This uh, this little bee here will not leave me alone. I hope he follows me into the house so that I can surprise him with a gift called a fly swatter or just a shoe in the face. Anyway, hopefully this all made sense, guys, and uh, appreciate uh, appreciate you all listening here today. And um, if you haven't done so yet, do me a favor, leave a review and a rating down below on the podcast if you're getting some value out of this. And if you haven't read the blueprint yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Maybe you just have never heard about it before. But the MLM Rebels blueprint is literally the roadmap on how we've created an online automated recruiting system for us and our team. I shock people when I tell them this. I actually forget that it's shocking because we're just so used to it. Um, but like, I haven't personally prospected anyone in years. In fact, we've had some days in our business where we've had as many as 900 applications come into us personally to ask us about our business, be a part of our team, whatever. 900. So that's... that's has more people interested in our business personally than most people will get in a year or two. And uh, you can learn how we do that at MLMRebelsBlueprint.com. So anyway, with that being said, hopefully you have an amazing day and we'll talk to you all soon.